0: You're listening to the Pitch Stack Podcast.
1: All right, welcome to the Pitch Stack, episode 19, the 19th episode. Matt, how are you doing today? doing well um so that's what i'm talking about is doing well much like phi at every single tournament
0: he's um he's doing
1: very well if you uh if you look at utrecht oh yeah he uh conquered europe uh which no real ninjas ever been able to do before uh <laughs> so matt i i'm sure you have a rules interaction to present this week why don't you go ahead
2: well you see i consider myself you know a an azalea fan you know uh simp as some might say however however not as much as i do for viserai but um there is some interesting things that uh can occur when interacting with uh a race face as everyone knows by now and that card has been the uh the base for a lot of questions these days i'd say if you can ask many judges um so somebody asked if a race face hits a ranger right assuming they're the one playing arrows not a uh a Shiana, right? I don't know. It could be a Shiana. But um. so let's just say uh, an erase face hits a hero and they have uh, arrow cards. Um, what happens? Because this person uh, referred to the text of a race face that says when a race face hits a hero. Cards and tokens they own lose all class and talent types until the end of their next turn. They wanted to know if it would cause... Uh, cards to lose the arrow subtype, and uh, whether any shenanigans would ensue from there. Ah, what do you think? So I think inherently
1: arrow is a uh, arrow is not a class or talent type. So I feel like it would be unaffected because, um, really, what's weird is why you would even have an arrow in a Shiana deck because uh, arrow. Red in the ledger? That's an arrow,
2: and it's a specialization.
1: Well, that's, I mean, that's fine, obviously. But so (laughs) arrows actually, arrows actually have a restriction where they are a weapon type and a type of attack action that specifically can only be played from arsenal and only if you control a bow.
2: Um, Uh, I don't think it's actually conditional on whether you control a bow or not. Uh, I may be, oh, yep. No, no, you're right. You're right. I actually had it up right here. Just to make sure I wouldn't get into the situation. So, yeah. so I race face doesn't affect
1: uh, arrows. It doesn't cause them to no longer be arrows. Um, that'd be weird because technically arrow is a restriction. Not a... Uh, not like... It, it, being an arrow is specifically a bad thing for a card. Um, it only limits the ways you're able to play an attack action versus other ways. So... Mm-hmm. It would actually be really good if race face affected them, but obviously it doesn't. Um, but because it is a, uh, not a class type, I think it leaves the door open
2: for a little yeah. bowmanship from Definitely. other classes. I, um, you are correct. That is exactly how that works. Like, um, oh, geez, <laughs> don't even get me
0: thinking. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine the possibilities? Yeah. I mean...
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It'd be cool. It'd be cool to think about. Chain bowed by shadow. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it seems, it seems to be that erase race face uh, is really, really, really good. Uh, it is. And I underestimated that card actually initially when I played against it. And I was like as viscerai, you know, you get hit by a sleep dart or a crushed confidence and then you never, and you're like, uh, and you just take a turn off. Yeah, well, you know, you take it and you're like, you know, it's not so bad. I can activate my, uh, my grasp. I can, uh, use, uh, become the Knight to filter my hand into like a setup turn where I just play some rune chance, la, 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 la. right? You know, but then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll just take some damage and I I plan to do the same thing. So I go, okay, become the Knight. Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Okay. How about this? Okay. Play a Maverian's eyes. Oh, wait. No, that doesn't. Oh, okay. No, this sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> learn the hard way. You're definitely blocking that card every
0: time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a great way to grab two cards out of your opponent's hand. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, so arrows. Coming to a theater near you, perhaps. Um, I don't know. I do like that one because it does seem so inherently tied in with Ranger. I don't know. I think I mean, personally. I don't think I'd ever play Ranger uh, just because I really sympathize the yep. Yogi Bear.
0: Um, so I don't know. Screw Yogi Bear. <sighs> Put on a tie and everything.
1: Um. So uh, we had a uh, <laughs> we had a calling this week and a European championship. Um, it was like the European battle of European championship champions. I forget. It had a goofy name. Who's
2: allowed to remain in the <laughs> in the EU, EU. <laughs> <laughs> just, Whoever whoever loses gets last place is kicked out of the EU.
1: And that's phenomenal. Um, and it did happen. <laughs> Everyone got kicked out of the EU. The Euro crashed. It's terrible. Uh, So, uh, what's interesting though is we had a European battle of European champions from Europe and then we had the calling Utrecht, uh, which is in the Netherlands in case you didn't know that. That's where it is. Um, And both of these uh, were won by... I mean, they weren't exactly the same build but they were won by the same deck. Um, And that is one FI i kind of just raking it in um so the one that won the european battle of european champions it uh it was pure aggro like full speed ahead aggro um looking for that one turn kill combo where the one that won the calling could pivot a little bit more um but either way, uh, they both kind of did the same thing, which is this deck just kind of keeps taking cards out of your hand that hits you for 40 damage. And um, it's not unstoppable, but it doesn't seem great. Um,
0: I don't know, Matt. What what are you thinking? You know, Phi has been this...
2: Kind of meta defining hero, so far, as far as I can tell, where everyone's trying to be prepared for it in the case that they play against it, because if you're not prepared and your hero just doesn't have like a an inherent advantage over fi like being an ice hero or a guardian or something that you're just gonna get like swamp swamped you know you're gonna get stomped it's not gonna be good you're gonna die right this is really. No way about it. So everyone's preparing their sideboards and the heroes for playing against Fi. And uh, rightfully so, because this hero is pretty fast. I have seen some insanely
0: wide turn two plays. Especially with double Art of War. Yeah. Um, It gets real nasty. Especially when you are dealing
1: with. Uh, so there's the two builds, right? You get the mask momentum build or the mask of the pouncing links build. And.
2: Ooh. What have you seen the most of? Because I've seen them mostly I've seen mask of momentum. So it seems. I that mean, most I'm sorry, mask. I've seen mask of uh, the pouncing links. But I, I, I do think that a lot of decks are running both.
1: Yeah, um, almost every deck I've seen is running both. It depends on the matchup. Um, specifically, you can absolutely destroy Illusionist with Mask and Momentum combined with, uh, with Tiger Stripe Shuko. But obviously, um, Stubby Hammers ends up being significantly more disgusting here. Uh, it's weird. I feel like I've seen significantly more of the Mask of the Pouncing Lynx build Uh, What's also interesting to me is I've seen a lot of blossom of spring, Um, and I think now that we're seeing stubby hammers do this much damage in CC, it's pretty obvious why it was banned in Blitz uh, because of this deck. I mean,
2: some people are talking about like maybe it should be banned in CC as well. It's kind of insane. Like, think about. I think so. It doesn't block, right? So, like, you got to factor that in, but also, like. What it does in this deck is like four times what a single Goliath gauntlet does. And that card's okay, right? Yeah. That I mean, you're easily just adding
1: okay. eight, nine damage per turn with yes. it,
2: or in the one turn here, which is And, it's, and it's creating breakpoints, is what it's also doing. Absolutely. Which is um, gross. So, what, you're, what, what, what Stubby Hammer says is that, all right, this turn you are cheerios briar with like all upside yeah all attacks and no non-attacks that's essentially what it's saying is like you're cheerios briar go ham right and it's it's so so gross especially when they lead their turn with like a stubbies a a card with like a a reasonable blocking power and they respond with an art they get over your block then they play the uh the one that buffs all their draconic chain links moving forward uh, some decks are running that one, I think. Some aren't. Uh,
0: can't remember the name of the card, but uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 really insane. Yeah, it absolutely is.
1: Um, I do notice a lot of decks are running three chess pieces, which is very interesting to me. Uh, they're running Blossom, Furnace, and Tunic.
2: Yeah, I think the uh, Furnace is a good is a good call. I think running that is good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like the Furnace a lot. I think um, it, it seems to me that most of the decks are defaulting to Blossom. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're using Tunic for like, a, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I guess you use Tunic. That's, in the, Ice the, I, that's the frost,
2: my, yeah, that's the yeah. Icelander matchup card. Um, you know, Blossom of Spring sense. is the like, I yeah, I'm playing Solitaire. Yeah, essentially, and like I don't care what you're doing; just keep playing your cards, and I'll take my turn, and then you'll die at some point here. Um, and then furnaces were like, okay,
0: I'll respect your block, or I'll respect your attack. I'll block with my chest and a card. Yeah, it, uh, it's pretty gross. Yep. Um, so it's interesting, right? You look at this deck, and I don't know, do you think something ends up getting hit in this deck? You know
2: a conversation I've had, I don't know if I've we've ever talked about this on the I'm sure we talked about this combination. Um it's very popular on the show before and uh and in person and whatnot, but um something it's obviously more uh prevalent now and then right before Shane got CC, but belittle minnowism
0: I think is very problematic. Oh, hundred percent. So like I think that Belittle Minnowism
2: could die for the sins of like Stubby Hammers because Stubby Hammers is good in this deck, literally just this deck Yeah, and it it does put on a lot of extra pressure when you've got a huge wide turn but I think what the problem is with Belittle Minnowism is what it does to the game is it removes variants yeah, and it also just tutors a card. It, it basically tutors uh, yes. three
1: resources.
2: Yeah, essentially, yeah, and I mean, it just says, "Hey, you don't need to worry about having the right amount of resources for your hand. Just run like two blue minowisms, maybe three or something. Two usually is what I've seen, and then you're good. And then yeah. in the chain deck, it was really gross." Because it could be resource, it could be a non-attack action, it could be a buff card, like, it was a lot more than just know what it is on this deck, and in this deck, it's deck thinning, and it's also resource, like, tutoring, it just says tutor for a resource, like, it, I don't know, it's just, uh, and it's an attack, it's a three power attack that can get plus one from stubby hammers, and it's yeah. red.
1: Yeah, and it's, uh, and it innately has go again, uh, which yeah. is
2: gross. I
0: think so, you're right. It, it just enables
2: too much. Like when when people are forcing like belittle minoism into like all sorts of different decks, trying to just make it work randomly. Like they still I mean, Shane has always been on it. I mean, there are Katsu lists running this. There uh, are obviously five's running it right now a lot. I mean, there are other decks. I can't remember something I saw recently. Some other tech in another deck I saw trying to do belittle minoism too. I can't remember what hero it was, but like, I don't know. I, I personally think that
0: this is like egregious card value, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. um, Maybe, maybe I'm,
2: maybe I'm being too dramatic, but I also think that it's worth, it's definitely worth considering like the value that Belittle brings, uh, and how we want to compare it to the rest of the card pool and whether this is kind of something that we want in the game moving forward. If we want to continue printing things like this to support the rest of the heroes that can't really jive with belittle minnowism, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I so I I think you're right. I think if they are going to hit something in this deck, um, it has to be belittle minnowism. And the main reason behind that is because you don't want to ban a valuable card. Um That's, like, not a good thing to do. Obviously, most Majestics don't cross that threshold of being, like, a valuable card or anything like that. Um, But, you know, I mean, you look at the, the enablers of this deck and what's causing you to draw so many cards and do so many gross things, and... You know, you look at Art of War, Art of War to me is a very fair card. It's it's extremely powerful. It's one of the most powerful cards in the game, but it's very fair. You look at Tomo the Firebrand, which is allowing Fi to draw cards. Yeah,
2: but that, you, that one's not even being played in every deck. Yeah, exactly. And so
1: I think 100% you're correct. It's belittle minimalism. Um, yeah,
2: I think Stubbies could be banned, like, also. But, like, I think what they'll just be doing is delaying the inevitable. Like, eventually, something's going to... Break the little or something's going to threaten to break it when they start designing it. So I like, mean, I
1: think we have a we have a sixty damage in one turn ninja deck, I, which is
2: <laughs> uh, this. This if this isn't what does it? <laughs>
1: if this I don't know isn't what else, does is. It. nothing, nothing ever will. Um, yeah. So
2: like, what you got to think about is like, okay, what does Faye do? So like, let's say what is what's, fi, what's the fi deck look like when you take out the stubby hammers? Right. It's not that different. Um it has less potential to randomly win out of n- sort of nowhere, I think. It requires you to kind of like have your art of war turns, is what you would say, and try to rely on whittling your opponents down to like a an OTK range, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what they do now, but it's they're more flexible with it cuz they can just be like drawn to the nuts and then be like Here's, like, salt the room for, like, 12 after, like, a 30-point turn. Um, but if you take out a little minnowism, which you do also, is
0: you take out the consistency. Yeah. That is, inter- yeah, I think that's the key, right, is
1: needing the blue. Like, I think that's the thing, right, is Fi so desperately needs that
0: blue each turn um, just to, like, power through stuff that, uh, I don't know. I think,
1: I think the ability to tutor for those resources is, I mean, that's insane to me like that. I think that's the thing you get rid of. Absolutely. Um, and it's really weird to me that, you know, I think what we do, what we're going to see is we're going to see cards that are banned in Blitz and commoner, and then that's slowly going to work its way up to classic constructed, um, so I think that we will see all three of those cards hit. I think we'll
2: see Minnowism, Belittle. You know, it's really, well, really funny. We could just, I just think we're, on, we're thinking on the same thing. Just ban one of them. Because, I mean, just yeah. hit Belittle. Because, like, Minnowism without Belittle is kind of just, like, really not good at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually you know just what? terrible. actually? <laughs>
1: I don't really hate it, though, if you are just going to... Uh, I I, I think you're okay just hitting Belittle. I think that's fine. Um, because, what? I mean, Minnowism will still see some play in like a Cheerios Briar build. Um, will it, though? I mean, maybe.
0: It's still a playable card, I think. I mean, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Um, That card that came out in Everfest, that rare. Um, smashing. Does that give plus
2: three whether it's out of Arsenal or not? What smashing? Oh, that requires you to play it out of Arsenal, right? Okay. Okay, so minimalism isn't the worst. I'm just thinking of zero costs that give like plus three with no condition. Um, yeah, but that one doesn't have to be out of Arsenal.
0: So, hmm, yeah. I mean, I it's it's a little bit better than nimblism, so. The uh, Minnowism? Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe they're not better. It's different requirements.
2: Yeah, the nimbleism has cost one or less, and Minnowism can be a lot
0: more cards, actually. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's it's definitely something to consider. Um
2: I, I feel like one of these things is going to be addressed soon. So hopefully Absolutely. sooner than later. Hopefully. We have Nats and uh, and, uh, the World Championships coming up in this year, so I don't know if uh, they're going to give some more time to the meta to kind of figure out uh, whether we can just deal with Fi uh, as is and adapt, or they're going to have to step in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, because I
1: feel like in the next set, they will... I, one of the things this game is missing, in my opinion, is anti aggro tools. Uh, like initially, you were able to like hold that down with Oldham, or you were able to hold it down with Bravo. But to me, it seems like Guardian has kind of Guardian has kind
2: of lost its way. Uh, you know, do you feel the same way? It's hard to say. Personally, just my own anecdotal experience is that I haven't really played against much Guardian lately.
1: Um, I think it's because Prism's still in the meta,
2: right? Uh, I mean, I was really hoping she'd be gone soon, just so we can kind of finally clear out the the high end of the Living Legend board, and we kind of see what our meta is going to look like
0: for a much longer term. Yeah. Um, see, like the current stats as they are. Let's see. So PriSM is last updated was June 13th, and that she's at 848
2: as of that last month. Right below her is Briar at 558, nearly 300 points difference. So, you know, it's uh, it's kind of uh, a long ways away before the next uh, big living legend hits. After uh, Prism gets the boot, well, I mean, I well, I guess like that's the thing, right?
1: Is speaking of living legends and the race there. I mean, looking at the calling you trekked, right, uh, and the top decks. Uh, do you care to take a guess at which deck had the highest conversion rate from day one to day two? Prism. That is correct. Uh, Eleven of the twenty-four prisms registered. Ended up day twoing, um, um, Not bad. Yeah, not, not bad. bad at all. I mean, the second highest conversion rate is Viscerai. Uh, we're 13 Sick. of 35. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so it's interesting,
1: good. right? So maybe Prism does get there, but the problem is just Prism really... If, you were sit, if you're a Prism player and you sit down across a five player, you need so many things to go right for you and wrong for them to
0: get there. Mm-hmm. Um So I don't know.
2: I think at the point where you are wanting things to go right for you and things to go wrong for your opponent is the point where like your matchups just terrible like it's kind of like it's not a good matchup. Yeah, I mean it's not entirely unwinnable, but it's pretty close. Yeah. I mean, like they said, that things have to go absolutely wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Can't expect that though. So looking this over though, uh the
1: deck that ended up with the highest amount of day two pilots uh ended up being viscerai, which I think is very interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so why do you think as a viscerai player in this particular meta, viscerai is doing so well?
2: Well, I think it's the players playing him. Um and I think it's uh very not a difficult deck to play but it requires uh some experience to really master it there are a lot of moving parts it's not like a um it's not like it's a hard deck to just play but uh i also think that he just has so much consistency and his tools are very strong his split damage is very dangerous uh, and if you're not prepared to block correctly and, uh, prevent damage where you need to, then I think, uh, you're just gonna see yourself losing. I don't know. It's, Viseroy has some really insane ways to go wide, even with a package of cards that can threaten a lot of damage all at once, like of skull Skullform for seven. Like, yeah even on bad turns with like two card hands and like an arsenal or like even less than that like you can just be like, okay uh, you know pitch for uh, or play a Moff Sky, play a Shrill pitching and then Rosetta. It's like three cards and you're
0: threatening let's see, assuming Shrill doesn't hit, you're threatening uh, 12 damage right? That's red Shrill yeah yeah, I I think you're right. And that's like
2: on a three card hand, and you get you make them give you two cards. Or two cards and and plus, right? Or a reaction in a card. If it hits, then Mavrian Sky gives you another one, two, or three rune chance. So that's one or hmm. two or three more damage. That is interesting. I mean you see a lot
1: of uh it's interesting too, where I think the way one of the ways that Viserai preys on Fi in particular is that if you look at a lot of these Fi lists, um, they get into the situation where they break their tide flippers going for an OTK, and if you as Viserai are able to survive that, they've suddenly
2: lost their only arcane mm. barrier for the rest of the game. The the one thing, if like this is like advice to anyone playing against Fi is like if you see them crack the boots. If you see them crack the 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 arms, boots, or whatever, I mean the boots, you can't really see that coming. Like that's going to be a while because they're not going. Everything's going to have to go again until like the very last chain, like assault the wound or something. Yeah, uh, or like a uh, what's the one that's like a power two plus three, right? That's usually the one they hit with it. Um,
0: but the, once you see them see crack the, the
2: arms, right? That's when you're going to start committing to blocking. Yeah. And I th- and I I've, I've made, i messed up so many times playing against Fi The way I wanted to block correctly all the time cuz you have these attacks that are just coming in for one or two and then your cards block for three or something sometimes. And uh it's not like you, you want to make sure you're blocking as much damage as possible not giving them on hits uh to add to salt the Wound's power or to give them a uh, a timely uh pouncing mask trigger. Yeah. Um you're doing damage control. The second they, they play like that art of war, they crack that uh they crack the stubby hammers, you're playing damage control. You're gonna start blocking. This all comes yeah, down Absolutely. To it. And then you're gonna give up your turn, take the damage. They're gonna have a four card hand, and then you're going to draw your hand back up and then from there uh survive so you can take the tempo back. Yeah. Then you put the pressure, you don't let go.
0: I think I've it won, really I've won a couple matches that mean.
2: way, but it's it's still very it's still a very difficult matchup once they start to get that huge swing turn. You know, yeah. I don't. It's interesting to me
1: that a deck that so obviously telegraphs when it's going to go off um, has such a has such a high win percentage. That's fascinating to me i
2: don't know yeah i don't know maybe it just doesn't matter you know like at some point we're like you know just think about the amount of cards that they can play like at some point it just doesn't matter whether they telegraph it or not because yeah. now now they're creating the breakpoints that they need to force you to block one or two cards and you're not going to just spend even if it is even if it does mean they get an on hit i don't think it's worth spending two cards to block that attack you know what i mean like for one damage you know like if it's a four power and you've got two threes right you don't want to block out two threes
0: usually right yeah just to stop an on hit if we're talking about like a mask trigger i mean that's different but you know it's uh even then like i've i've uh
2: i've been hard pressed to kind of just be like okay you can draw with the mask like you know, it, it just depends. It really depends. Most of the time, you definitely don't want to let them draw. But No, definitely not. I wouldn't put it out of the question.
1: Huh. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I mean, this deck baffles me in a lot of ways because it's just... What it does is so simple. Um, and there just aren't a lot of tools in this game to combat that. And I think that is what's fascinating to me. And don't get me wrong, like, I have five built. Uh, yeah. And foiled out. So I'm like, I'm not like campaigning for this deck to disappear. I uh, I'm more just um I'm more interested to see what tools they print to kind of like
0: I don't know close the uh, the skill gap. Um, interesting. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's a good way to put it. Well. I want to I delve a
1: little bit more into the Calling Utrecht metagame. Um, so I'm just going to list off uh, the Day 1 to Day 2 conversions, and then I'm going to get into some numbers that I think were fascinating. So, Viserai uh, has the highest number of Day 2s, 13 of 35. Phi uh, has 12 of 46, so it's one-fourth, but it's the hot deck everybody's on. Um, Prism, 11 of 24. Briar, 10 of 34. Bravo, 6 of 16. Oldham, 4 of 13. Dorinthia, 3 of 10. Dramai, 2 of 17. uh, With the lowest conversion rate of a day-two deck. Bolton, 1 of 3. Icelander, 1 of 6. Wow, Dromai, Rough. Well, so, something really stuck out to me here. Dash had 13 entries that Mm. is just as many as Oldham. uh there were only one two there were only five heroes with more entries than dash and not a single one i think uh
2: you know it's funny not a single dash day dude
1: not a single one it's
2: unfortunate you know it's funny i I think it's it's not a bad call but i think that the rest of the field as to for as far as like what dash is trying to combat I think the rest of the field is not good for dash. Uh dash is being played into uh phi to try and get them to break their equipment. Um with the T-bones and stuff. There are a couple other heroes that are also being played that have soft equipment that they're trying to break, which is why like people are playing into da- playing as dash now. To try and play the nine T-bone strategy with the shock wa- mega- magnetic shock, magnetic shockwave, or whatever. I think that's my theory, right? Because I already had well, this conversation with somebody else uh, a week or two ago, saying that maybe Dash is actually pretty good into the meta. With uh, well, so this is interesting. With five, um, because you did make a great call uh,
1: with T-bone. The problem is that there was a very uh, there was a very clear answer to this, and. Um, and that, unfortunately,
0: is that uh, you can just run Breeze Rider boots, uh, which is battle worn. Mm, for sure. Um,
1: and so you keep getting that minus one counter. Although, technically, you could like, also run Scalers um, or even Tide Flippers, really, because you can just defend with anything, even if it's a zero.
2: Yeah. Well, the Breeze Riders actually get to stop some damage. But um, yeah, I think exactly. Breeze Riders are mostly there for the, uh, the larger, uh the bigger, heavier decks like Guardians, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Um You know, it's definitely once you get, you know, a couple T-bones in, things are looking rough, especially if they've already cracked. The thing is, like, Dash is a very defensive deck. Like, Dash can just block your valuable on hits to stop mass triggers and then be content to send a couple pistol shots your way. You're going to take four. Cool. Pass, uh, you know, and just keep pop shot you with the fork uh, with the pistol. And then once you start to try to go off, dash is ready. Like dash will start blocking all your attacks for three, use the equipment, use the reactions they have, whatever. And then now you've fought your load. You've used your arm piece, your fewer blockers you have in terms of options. Get rid of the mask of momentum with a T-bone or something, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and then at that point, then you can probably sort of aggro. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. This is what I I imagine the deck's gonna be like uh playing into the the Fi matchup. And once more, we're we're still we're still on the um on the comparison, like, or rather not the comparison, but we're still on the whole how do we stop fi like we talked about Fi earlier as soon as we started talking in the podcast we mentioned viscerai and how he pairs into fi and now we're talking about how dash can counter Fi potentially it seems like like we said and we we're talking about banning cards of fi it's like the whole discussion right now is about whether or not fi is too good
1: yeah and um you know it's interesting right because i think pistol dash isn't too bad i just don't i think the pace isn't there and then i mean like i haven't seen any of these any of these dash lists that went to utrecht so i couldn't really tell you exactly what's going on but if i had to take a guess it's that uh erase face absolutely destroys this deck dash yeah well yeah sort of i mean i mean it just turns off what eighty percent of your deck list? Well, it just says don't don't boost. Pretty sure. Yeah, you can still do everything else. Still load your pistol. Yeah, you can still up. do everything else. That's why I think Pistol Dash uh, isn't vulnerable to erase face. But Pistol Dash,
2: at the same time, though, uh, Ooh. it's just not putting out enough damage. You know what? I uh, induction chamber text Oracle text is once per turn action reaction or once per turn re- attack reaction. Remove steam counter from induction chamber. Target mechanologist pistol attack gains go. Again. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, there's oh. uh, there it is, in the flesh. So that's a chunky. Um, same so thing with that- plasma purifier it says uh mechanologist pistol you control gains plus one. So yeah, it's not a, uh, it's not great deck sucks uh so here's something else that's int- <laughs> here's something
1: else that's very interesting um 10 lexies entered the tournament and not a single alexandra player made day two um huh. which i think is fascinating that was, that was a funny
2: joke there i like it
1: I don't know that's I've been I've always I don't know I've been doing that a lot recently and not it not everybody picks up on it but I always refer to adult Lexi as Alexandra I don't that's know pretty good I go for it it doesn't always work uh, so Lexi is um so this is really interesting right so you do get frostbites which is the difference but this deck is, to me is a worse fi deck um with Lexi, you you telegraph so hard when your go-off turns are. And because they very specifically require you to have two cards, uh, like either Three of a Kind or Art of War, it's, I'm perfectly fine just sitting back and blocking for that turn because chances are you're not going to draw into another turn uh, and then you'll leak a little bit of damage through. And I think that's what's interesting to me is... Lexi has so many different cards that need to be drawn specifically to enable these huge go-off turns where Fi can kind of tutor for them and he can make do with the time being with wide damage. And I don't know, I uh, I even played Dramai into Lexi and I had absolutely no problems. Uh, well, I, I,
2: uh, I was just going to say that uh, <laughs> Lexi, as far as I remember it being, is like... You know, you go off and wide when you can, but I feel like you have just a good tempo with the uh, relevant on hits and discards and frostbites where, like, you're content to do a couple arrows a turn, you know, two or three arrows a turn and kind of just, like, make them block or discard or make some frostbites and then pass. You know, it's enough to slow them down where they're not really dealing any relevant threat to you. And you can go ahead and pick it back up on your next turn and continue to do the same thing and then uh, hopefully at some point you do get to draw one of those good massive powerhouse cards like Art of War or Three of a Kind and then you kind of just go off yeah I think I I think
1: you're 100% correct it just it telegraphs I think is the main issue um,
2: right I mean it's uh, hard to be able to play on your go off like you know Three of a Kind turn your rain razors
0: when you have to play it first yeah no 100 percent. that is very true um so looking over these
1: lists uh let's see rhinar uh just rhinar at, at its whole uh doesn't rhinar doesn't suit high level competitive play very well because you can play 100 percent to the top. You can be the best player in the world and 100% of your skill level put it in and there's just too many random moving parts going in. Um, So I'm not surprised that Reinar didn't day two. Um, Katsu, inferior ninja didn't day two. Kano did not day two. Um, wow. Oof. And two people paid the entry fee to this and showed up with Azalea. Hell yes. I respect uh, it. Same with Levia. So... I don't know what's going
2: on. Um, I you know, do... you gotta you gotta respect the commitment. You gotta <laughs> respect the 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 per, the endurance. You know the the what's the what's the word? The persistence. You know they yeah. they they insist that these heroes will win them games. And I you know what? Honestly, I love it. You know, I I want Levia and Azalea to gain living legend points. Uh, yeah. Azalea still has zero. Levia has like eight. Somebody huh. get Azalea her Living Legend points she deserves. Oh, they're going to try. Um, you know, maybe I, 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 I want to do you. Maybe I'm going to start playing Azalea. And I'm going to get ready. and I'm going to take her to the calling. And give her some Living Legend points. We'll see. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> As if I could do that. Sure. You can <laughs> do that. A man um, can dream. I do want to talk
1: about a deck here that had three out of ten of its entries going to day two. And that is uh, Dorinthia. And Dorinthia is very interesting right now. I don't know if you have seen this Dory build that is going around. Um, but it runs sink Belows, It runs steel blade shunts. It runs red oasis respites. Um, it runs all of the defense. It runs energy potions. And basically this Dory deck... Sits back, blocks all of Fi's stuff, and then um, goes in for the kill. It keeps its counters on Dawnblade because Fi's never going to take a turn off to block out because uh, if you do and you're on Fi, you lose. And so this deck is very interesting to me. I think more people are going to be on it pretty soon. Um, I mean, it's never going to be a Tier 1 deck, but I think its Fi matchup is absolutely
2: amazing. Yeah. You know what's interesting, too, is that um, I think uh, Dorinthia also preys on players who have a a poor sense of, like, threat assessment. Yeah. You got to look at that floating mana and cards in hand. You know, and also, like, whether or not you need a block here at all. That's kind of, like, a big thing.
0: Players kind of just, are like, uh, willing to block anything. And you got to yeah. be careful with Dorinthia. It's just not the case. No, not at all. And that's... Um, I don't know.
1: That's the most interesting thing to me is maybe maybe this deck does have some... Uh, this deck might have legs.
2: So we'll see. Oh, well, she got legs. <laughs> <laughs> I see they're um, playing the $25 pre-con card yes yes
1: they are I almost traded for my third and final one today um, I've you. had a pet dory deck for so long um, gosh somebody bought four of them at $40 a piece get wrecked nerd
0: <laughs> uh,
1: so I don't know I it's really interesting I'm definitely gonna pick up my third copy of glistening steel blade it is ridiculous how much um, is it now it is $26 okay okay i should have bought and what's really crazy is it hit that like initial it hit that initial high of 24 and people were like that'll never happen and it dipped down to 18 and i was like well i better buy one and now uh the market price on this with the listed median prices it is $33 wow. um there are not very many listed below uh so i that card is absolutely ridiculous but there's another card from the precon that is seeing play Um, if you look at these RTN winning lists, and I know you were very familiar with this card, uh, well, Blade Flash.
2: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Wow. Uh, let's see. How much is it going for? I wonder if it reached, it's almost a (laughs) dollar.
0: It is 88 cents. That is amazing. I do think these cards end up being printed in
1: Dynasty, though. I think that's a thing. You think so? Yeah, I, I I think it's weird for them to have a classic constructed card that is specifically available in one set. However, I guess uh, we did see this with Spellfray equipment, where it was never printed in any major set. Yet, yet, yet. That's right.
2: But the Bloodsacks are so so available. Yeah, they're very There's like very very <laughs> little issue with acquiring any of those things. For yeah. now, I mean, who knows when? It, when is the day that we say? you know, Monarch Blitz decks are so hard to find, acquire your Spell Freight cloak-like cards now. Yeah. You know, or they get printed as promos. uh, Like, you know,
0: Rainbow Foil promos or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what happened with the Mentor cards. Um, and those are Blitz cards, too. Yeah, they are. They're good Blitz cards. I need to pick up a second copy of Minerva Femith for my, uh, there's gotta be, I. There's gotta be a cool way to pronounce that last name. Like Themis is just like, Themis.
2: Themis.
0: Themis. Yeah, like you an know
2: H is it's like an exhausting H. You're like, yeah, Themis. At that's how I pronounce it. The dragon Temia or Temi.
1: Minerva Temi. Actually, Temi Maybe. does work. Um. So, I don't know. I got to pick up a second one. Uh, that card is so sick in my Blitz deck of choice, which is Kasai. I don't know if you've played Kasai lately, but these new builds of it are really...
2: No, I haven't played any Blitz since Skirmish Season 5. Well, you have five days or four. for four. the next Skirmish Season. Oh, dear. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, oh, my God. It's a get ready it's unending you are
1: on the treadmill at least it's not well another you know, card game
2: luckily Vistra is not legal in this format so i can take a break yeah i guess you'll have to play um <laughs> shane ah
1: shane is legal that's true um but yeah my my Kasai list is really good uh you run two minerva um which is essentially a third and fourth copy of blood on her hands. So that way you don't really have to worry about pitching a blood on her hands early. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other, here's the real spice and I'm telling everybody about it now, which is probably a huge tactical mistake. Um, but oath of
0: steel. Yeah. Oath of steel. Um, if you can get it off the same turn as blood on her hands,
1: phenomenal. However, uh, Oath of Steel is really good if you have a Minerva in Arsenal um, because you are suddenly doing absolutely nothing and you are swinging at a breakpoint of four with both your cards, uh, both your swords. So Oath of Steel is actually surprisingly good uh, because it buffs both your swords, which is unusual for a card to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was wondering when that card was finally going to see its... uh time in the sunshine so
1: yeah it was earlier today
2: <laughs> <laughs> very very nice While i was doing
1: some blitz testing man i gotta make a laundry list of cards to pick up <laughs> for these new metas like i built Phi and now it's like now it's skirmish season but i've still spent significantly less than uh magic the gathering would try and get you to spend uh which is good
2: yeah that's cool. um magic is uh always constantly begging you for your money Magic is
1: a vampire. All right, so I actually messed something up earlier that I want to talk about.
2: Sure.
0: What happened?
1: Uh, Prism actually didn't have the highest conversion rate for the calling Utrecht.
0: Really? Who did? Well, well, take a guess. Five? It was Levia with a 50% day two conversion rate.
2: Two people, one of them made
1: Half it in. <laughs> of all decks.
0: That's
2: awesome. <laughs> I would really the like to see that The fact that one, one person made it in is actually impressive. There were uh, there were one-ups for Bolton, Icelander, and Levia on day
1: two, and two Dramais. Incredible. Absolutely. So, I don't know. I, are you skipping out on skirmish season altogether? Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Well, you see, you know, the thing is... It's, blitz. It it's is right. blitz. It's not legal.
2: You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll do uh, some kind of like uh, Briar deck with Rune Chance. I'll play Read the Runes in Briar. You could
1: do that. You could also play as Icy Spicy.
2: Icy Spicy. I could. I that's, could.
1: The, uh, that's what I'm calling the melee attack based Icelander decks. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know. Don't steal it, mean anybody not. listening, it's real good. Um, yeah, this uh, this Icelander list or the ones I'm seeing that are topping actually looks super fun. I'll probably put one together, uh, and see if I like it more than Kasai. I will have to take a huge L and buy a second Channel Lake frigid at like a hundred dollars or whatever the hell they're at.
2: A second what?
1: Channel Lake frigid. Oh, we
2: have dear. one. Yeah, they're they're kind of expensive, right? What the hell? Yeah
1: maybe they're not now that uh everybody found out all those decks that play them suck
2: well you know it's uh it was worth oh, no They're still God. 27 bucks here's the thing i'm really confused um, almost
1: 200.
2: i'm really oh. confused so like is it like that people just keep buying them up or is that everyone wants to hold on to theirs and nobody's trying to make a quick buck because like if i had a bunch of these lying around like and i wasn't playing ice why would I just not just sell them?
1: uh it's the most popular card in three po- in three popular decks or the most powerful card in three popular decks,
2: yeah, but like it still doesn't make sense that this is like twenty seven dollars like, you um, told me this
0: card was fifteen bucks, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it yeah, totally but um, 27
2: bucks this is like skull bones crosswrap territory this is like in land strike territory <laughs>
1: it's weird though right uh there's so many cards from tales of aria that are just incredibly expensive and i don't know if it's that like maybe not a lot of aria was opened because initially there weren't chase cards um i don't know I mean, it is interesting though right almost all of the uh almost all the equipment is still
0: very expensive yeah, it's not really, uh, what's the word, comparable, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, I don't know. I am excited for skirmish season. Uh, it's going to be weird. I don't think it's going to be Phi dominated. It seems to me to be very Icelander heavy format right now, which is cool. I think that's real cool. Um, I'm seeing a lot of Kano as well. Kano appears to be hot right now. So it's the wizard um, format. It is. It is the format for wizards,
2: not by wizards. I was gonna say four wizards by wizards, definitely not by wizards. <laughs> I don't know the. Uh,
1: so yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird format ever since Oldham got bopped. So
0: um, so we'll see. Uh. I don't know. This is I feel like this has been a slow news week. Um Yeah,
2: there's there's just not a whole ton of stuff going on. I mean we had the calling happen. You know, obviously there's more where the nationals occurring. Um small bits of news coming up here and there. Um there was a there was a small bit of news that came out. Um Premier Card Grading uh announced a partnership with uh or Flesh and Blood. Legendary Studios announced a partnership with Premier Card Grading.
1: I did see this. Um, yeah, this the cards are coming pre graded. Is that that was the thing?
2: So yeah, so all gold cold gold cold foil prize cards will be PCG raw
0: grade authenticated nine plus. Huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. um that's
1: a lot of gold foils in the shredder
2: <laughs> yeah oh and also um here's another interesting tidbit for the this is a quote from the article uh from for the creme de la creme being the calling champion prize card currently crown of providence full art and pro tour champion prize cards these will be fully graded and slabbed at t- pcg 9.5 or better all copies of these cards that grade less than PCG
0: 9.5 will be destroyed. Damn, straight to jail. Mm hmm. Holy cow. That's still weird makes you wonder why, you know,
2: why people still choose PCG? I mean, I don't know. Now, it doesn't make you wonder, but like PCG is a really good card grading company, their cards, their slabs look really nice. Um and the whole cool partnership thing is 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 cool uh and you i don't know if you heard but soon enough uh psa is also going to start uh opening up their submissions again oh really yeah huh. so i don't know if you know flesh and blood players will continue to hold this preference of pcg and bgs uh and all these other like extra grading companies but psa has always been kind of like the gold standard so i wonder uh if this is like a move to try to solidify themselves um further for flesh and blood and not to uh not to lose any future business
1: i mean i think that's exactly what we're seeing is that uh they're entering this partnership for exactly that reason um it's still weird though I think it's weird to have like one company having that kind of like grading. I don't I don't want to say monopoly, but it is weird, you know?
2: Yeah, I I agree. I'd like to see other companies, you know, take a crack at it as well. But ultimately, it does come down to the consumer to decide where they're going to spend their money and what company, what kind of graded cards they'd like to spend that money on. So it's like it's almost like the consumers are the ones who are creating this like, you know, environment where uh only PSA or like the top you know grading companies are the ones that prevail. Um here's a question. Uh do you own any graded cards? I only own one and it's a PCG graded uh Prism called Foil uh Hero Promo. It's a nine. Interesting. Yeah. I um I don't. Um yeah I've never owned any other graded card. I got this one graded because it was free.
0: Um, but I never owned any other graded card. That is, uh, that is interesting. I wonder how many... Well, I mean, I guess if you have a gold foil, you're gonna get it graded.
1: Um, Matt, before we close out this episode, I have a little treat that I wanted to share. Um, What is that? And I think that you... Once you hear about this, you'll, you'll realize how badly you were waiting for it. Um, and, uh, I know people at home are sitting just absolutely drooling, waiting to hear
0: the results of the formation of the snag cartel. So, (laughs) oh yeah.
1: Um, I would like to know. Well, here's exactly what happened if you click on it uh the same amount are available from the same sellers oh nice at the same price excellent not a single snag has sold well um, actually that's not true because i bought three okay maybe it did go up in price uh let's see view sales history filter sales first edition rainbow foil view all right so since we published our last episode do you care to guess the total of sold first edition Rainbow Foil snags? Hmm. Two. It's been three. Uh, you bought all three of them. So. Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> the cartel happening slowly one day at a time. Soon, this is going to be a $200 card, just like Castle Games Detroit is selling for right now.
0: Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Snag Stonks Um, Absolutely I'm still on
1: Snag Cartel (laughs) It's gonna happen I think that about does it uh, for this
2: week Unless you had anything to add No and I uh, hope everyone Out there keeps uh, Slinging those draconic Attack actions to continue The draconic chain Yeah Keep on
0: Dracon Yep (laughs) I'm going to end it